Welcome in to Wrestling Spotlight. It's the Weekly Champions. We are counting down to Revolution, and we're taking the road to WrestleMania in full force now, less than 40 days away. Elimination Chamber happened way, way, way early Saturday morning before you probably got up. Talking with the host of the Wrestling Junkies podcast. You've seen them here on the channel. We're featuring their interviews. And they're great guys to have on the weekly champion just to get kind of a pulse of what's going on. We've got Mr. Cincinnati and the podcast dad here. Guys, thanks for joining us again. And uh, thanks for adding in to the wrestling spotlight. Some great interviews that you can see on the channel throughout the day. Let me just ask you to start it out. What did you think of the Elimination Chamber? A little bit different. And did you get up and watch it live? Dad? Uh, yeah, we actually, uh, I, I went over to Eric's, spent the night. We uh, The alarm went off at, <clears throat> what was it, 4 a.m.? And uh, yeah. we were up watching the pre-show, uh, made some made some breakfast sliders and uh, okay. had some mimosas. And, yeah, we, we crammed through. Uh, we did a post show right after it went off the air, so we uh, we were we were in full force uh, for the elimination chamber. Um, I will say I'm very happy that WrestleMania is back in the states. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree uh, with that. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely had a good time with it. I think it's kind of cool to do that every once in a while, but uh, I will definitely stick with a, uh, a six or seven p.m. start time for sure. Well, you know, I think it shows the power of the international tv markets and just the power of the draw i mean they sold out a seventy thousand seat stadium for essentially four matches a preliminary match and a talk segment i mean i don't know if you sell out a seventy thousand seat football stadium for that card if it's in america but in Australia, when it was the first time the WWE's been there in six years, they rocketed to a full house. And the yeah. matches that were on the card were good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. no, I'd have to agree. Sure. They were good. Um, it wasn't, you know, anything crazy didn't didn't happen. Uh, I think it was what everybody kind of expected when we went through predictions on, on our shows and, and all that good stuff. Uh, I think it was... Sometimes predictable is good, and I think mm -hmm. predictable at this show was was okay. I think the action was ramped up from the Royal Rumble, uh, especially the women's elimination chamber match had a lot of moments in it. It really, uh, really lived up to being a premium live event match. I liked some of the some of the reversals, some of the. Just some of the, especially the physicality between Bianca Belair and Raquel Rodriguez, I think was really good and yeah. kind of stands out from what you usually see on WWE programming. Yeah. And uh, I'll add Tiffany Stratton to that list too, because I mean, yeah. that being first elimination chamber, first PLE ever, I mean, she looked like she had been doing it for 15 years already. Um, and, and there, that's not something that you can, that you can teach. And, and the fact that she has that, that superstar potential, the fact that that crowd was chanting Tiffy time, waiting mm -hmm. for her to show up. And, you know, we don't know how many people in that Australian audience are exposed to NXT on a weekly basis, but clearly enough that, you know, she had a, a great reaction when she showed up. And, and I mean, that was as, as far as rookie performances and elimination chamber. I mean, that's, that's up there regardless of, of gender. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. And to be fair, it wasn't a surprise, but Becky Lynch, the man, gets the win, and that sets up Rhea Ripley, mommy, going up against the yeah. man at WrestleMania. And, and Becky Lynch looked good. That That's probably the best yeah. match she's had in in a couple of years. She did a good job and, uh, yeah. you know, looks like a credible opponent. How do you feel in context with Rhea Ripley, obviously defending the championship against Nia Jax? How do you feel about that match coming up to WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised with the Nia Jax match at Elimination Chamber. I thought it was good. Um, the, I, I was not excited when Nia Jax came back. Uh, I, I will be the first to admit that. But I have been, you know, the, this this run has been much better than I expected. They have booked her very well. Um, I, she had no chance of winning at Elimination Chamber, and that's okay. No. Um, but we saw Rhea Ripley kind of be a little bit more vulnerable in that match. Uh, this was the right call for WrestleMania with Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. It makes sense. This is what's going to sell the most tickets. This is They've been building this up for a year. They've never had a match together. And this is your two biggest stars in the women's division going at it for the best prize in the women's division. So overall, I'm very happy with what the direction is for Mania. Yeah, I mean... And I know that the, there was a lot of internet backlash as far as Liv Morgan and wanting her to take that spot. But you know, like like Chris said, this is this is a marquee match. There, this is going to be probably the most successful event that WWE has ever produced, whether it's WrestleMania or otherwise. That that's what they're on track to do here. You want first time matches. You want things that people have mm -hmm. not seen before. Um, you know, there there were more than a few people on the internet that said, "Oh, it's because Becky has the book coming out. It's this. It's this. It's." This is Becky freaking Lynch. I mean, she has been a megastar for WWE for the better part of, you know, six, seven, eight years now at this point. And she's only, I mean, she's only reaching her peak in what she can do. So capitalize on this match now. And this is no disrespect to Liv Morgan, but, you know, she's coming off of the shoulder injury. She's been away from TV for six months. It, you know, it, it's, it's inconceivable to think that you're going to, you know, hot shot her right into the main event at WrestleMania yeah. just because there was an injury angle that they, that they worked with with Rhea. That's not to say that they can't revisit it down the line. It's just now is not the time to do it. No, and, and you saw it coming, I mean, for months. You know, you, you no. really did. Um, and in the men's as well. I mean, Drew McIntyre, and deservedly so, because, you know, really Drew McIntyre was a very good WWE champion. He just had the unlucky draw of being the wwe champion during the COVID era uh coming up on the thunderdome era and he was the champion in front of nobody he had his wrestlemania moment at the performance center in front of no one and they were just running in the people in the match and then emptying the room out so this is going to be a different experience for drew mcintyre who was literally the chosen one of mr mcmahon over a decade ago, so now he gets to get in there against Seth freaking Rollins, who did show he's ready to go. A little bit of physicality against Austin Theory in the Waller Effect segment, which made that segment uh, quite a bit better. You got to see the, yeah. the Cody Cutter. You got to see the curb stomp. And Seth Rollins says he's ready to go, and, and he looked good in you know very brief time, but I'm sure he's going to be ready to go. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that there's anything to worry about there. And and we've said this on our show too that that was you can understand putting that segment on when you've only got a four match card, international show. You want some names that if they're not going to wrestle a match, at least get a microphone sure. in their hands and see what you can can do with them. Um, this was kind of one. Of, this was one of the ones these that I thought was just fine. Um, you know, they they got the point across. Cody calls out the Rock, so. That sets something up for down the line. I don't see that match happening between now and, and WrestleMania. I think, I think, especially with these guys, the injury scares that you've had, unavailability of talent, keep everybody mm-hmm. on ice as long as you can. If, if they don't need to take a bump or be physical, if they don't absolutely need to do it, don't make them. Um, so this is probably something that, I don't know, selfishly, we're going to SummerSlam. I wouldn't mind seeing Cody versus The Rock, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of funny too. Um, Drew, like you said, kind of held it down during the pandemic era. Uh, was the WWE champion for long stretches of that time, and then on the other side, you have Bailey, who is kind of the same way. Uh, helped carry that sure. women's division through the pandemic era, and now they're both getting their WrestleMania moments in front of the big time crowd there in Philly. Um, I, I do think Drew will ultimately end up getting that title win. Um, I think he he has earned it. His character over the last couple of months has been amazing. He is a heel, but he's like the most logical heel we have ever seen. So mm-hmm. it, it, it that's that's kind of funny that we're booing him, but he's making more sense than anybody in, in the business right now. Um, nice. But yeah, like the men's chamber, I, I really enjoyed. Um, There's a lot of storytelling in that. Uh, a few surprises, you know, AJ Styles coming in, attacking LA Knight. Sure. Logan, Logan Paul costing Randy Orton. I didn't really see that one coming. Um, but ultimately, Drew was the right choice. Uh, the segment, the Waller effect, I could I could have done without. Um, that that could have been easily done on a Raw. Could have been easily been done on a SmackDown. Uh, I just I didn't. I felt like it was kind of a time filler more than anything. Um, if it wasn't on the show, probably wouldn't have missed a beat. But um, I get why they did it to kind of have a law in action and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I'll agree with Eric and say you know the Rock and Cody. That's not happening anytime now between wrestlemania that wouldn't make a ton of sense but hey i'm i'm down if it's in SummerSlam, and you know that sure that will be yeah. rumored and, and looks like almost confirmed that it will be in cleveland so uh fingers crossed yeah. 1.6 million reasons to have it in cleveland <laughs> seriously <laughs> little state tax incentive and you yeah. know i i think the better the best thing about the waller effect was you get to see the two big stars the two big now United baby face champions or champion in waiting Cody Rhodes, who is no offense to Becky Lynch, the man right now on raw Seth freaking Rollins, your champion. And you get to see just how smug condescending and hated Austin theory can be. I, I think he's doing a good job really leaning into the heel and a little bit different style of heel than when he was walking around taking selfies of everybody to send to Mr. McMahon. And yeah. Yeah. they need some young stars, and Austin Theory is one of them. So it's good to have him in the premium live event, even though he didn't get a match, because it can obviously set up matches down the road. Yeah, I mean, people forget he's 26 years old. So like, yeah. there is still time to rehabilitate his character. He can obviously work oh, in the ring. Absolutely. He, he has it. <clears throat> Eric and I have talked about this before, like, we don't really know what it's missing, but maybe it's just a little bit more seasoning and and yeah. you know, a couple more years down the road. I mean, that guy could be a huge star for the company. 
Yeah, but yeah. using him as far as being like that heater for uh, for Grayson Waller to take those bumps and things like that, because Waller's been extremely well protected since he's made it to the main roster. I mean, mm-hmm. so if you if you got a guy like Theory who at this point has won and lost money in the bank, has you know the John Cena match did nothing for him, you know, big picture wise, you know, coming out of WrestleMania last year. That is a guy that you can use in that position to take those spots and protect your guy and then turn that into a story later on down the line. Who knows? Maybe maybe something will happen where the water changes and people will all of a sudden want to cheer Austin Theory. We'll see. Sure. Goes both ways. And take a look at the roster of the WWE at the guys on the top of the card, especially on the men's side. Even Drew McIntyre, he's, he's touching 40. Cody Rhodes is in his upper 30s. Seth Rollins in his upper 30s. AJ Styles is in his upper 40s. So is Randy Orton. So is Bobby Lashley. LA Knight, yeah, yeah. is yeah. 40. I mean, it's not a young men's locker room. Sami Zayn touching 40. Kevin Owens touching 40. So there's a lot of opportunity there mm-hmm. for an Austin Theory. And even for the man on the longest losing streak in the WWE, Solo Sokoa another younger guy who could uh, make his move up. So it's it's good to see a little bit of uh, younger blood in the, the WWE as well. On the tag team side, Judgment Day holds on to the title. I, I don't think that surprised anybody. No, 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 no. Who's no, going to beat them? That's gonna, so I, <clears throat> that, you asked that question, and, I, you know, it's – I think it looks like awesome truth. Um, if, if, if we're looking at it, like truth just yeah. kind of won't go away. And he's, he's kind of rekindled this tag tag team with, uh, the Miz and mm-hmm. truth has never won at WrestleMania. Um, they're all about yeah. giving WrestleMania moments. Truth has been a loyal soldier for that company for a very long time, doing yeah. a lot of things that a lot of people wouldn't do and turning it into gold. I think it's time to, Hey, let's. You know, Zack Ryder had that one moment at, at WrestleMania when he won the Intercontinental title. Let Truth have his WrestleMania moment. Give him the yeah. tag team titles. Like, what what is that? Sure. What's that going to hurt? Um, it could continue to tell the story with the Judgment Day and how that's going to splinter here soon. But, yeah, I, I think that will probably be the direction at, at WrestleMania. Yeah, agreed. Like that. And that's giving a couple of guys who are 50 the opportunity to get in there. And yeah. to be fair... The Miz and our truth both are in terrific shape and uh, move a lot better than somebody in their 50s, as I can attest. Uh, being a former college athlete in his 50s, uh, I don't, I don't walk that well. <laughs> so it's uh, good to see a little bit of uh, variety. Now we we kind of reference this. We're gonna see the bloodline with their augmented force. The Rock, he's going to be on the next two SmackDowns. And I do agree with you. I don't think we see the Cody match with The Rock anytime before WrestleMania. But I think we're going to see a lot of segments building up that WrestleMania match. And The Rock's going to be at multiple shows heading up to WrestleMania. My question is, how much do you think we see The Rock after WrestleMania? I'll let you take it because that's, that's a good, good question. I, mean, I got to think. That's a really, <laughs> really good question. I mean, there's there's a number of factors that you can kind of look at here. Um, 
I mean, the, the big one right now, rumor has it, Tamatanga is coming in. Whether that is going straight to NXT, whether that's joining the Bloodline, that remains to be seen. Um, you'll likely see Solo and Money in the Bank. At least I'm, I'm hoping that you do because they tend to do these losing streaks building up to a Money in the Bank win. So that's still on the table sure. for him. Um, I mean, at this point, it, it, you know, Rock has said he's a long gamer, you know, since he's come back and, and everybody kind of thought we were going to get this Roman Rock match this year. But and I said this on our show, too. Um, my bold prediction is I, I think we're going to see a bloodline civil war inside war games in November. So I, I think, okay. that, you know, I, I think that Rock will be around a bit more frequently. I, I think that I mean, Moana, too, I think is the only movie I know of of his that is coming out later on this year. But I don't know much else about production schedule or if he's got anything else that he's working on right now. But um, I would say he'll probably be back in time for money in the bank, take a month or so off, a couple months off and, and you know kind of be there from afar kind of leave the bloodline could definitely yeah. see that yeah it kind of helps that he's on the board now like he has mm-hmm. more of a reason to be around so i could see him popping up <clears throat> almost working like a roman reign schedule where he shows up you know a week here a week there um just to sure. have his presence there uh, he does also have the usfxfl thing going mm-hmm. on so uh, you, which you is have to remember he has to promote that yep yes. which is coming up soon Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, The Rock, if nothing else, is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. So he's mm-hmm. going to uh, make use of the stage. No yes. doubt about yeah. that. 100%. Well, let's seg over from WWE to All Elite Wrestling. They're building up to, I think, one of their most anticipated pay-per-views in quite a while, probably since All In. Revolution is coming up. You have the women's division where we get timeless Tony Storm taking on the virtuosa Diana Perrazzo for that women's title. And of course, in the background, in the back of everybody's mind, as that comes up, we have big business. You could say it's boss time coming up Wednesday, March 13th, only 10 days after Revolution. How do you feel about the Virtuosa taking on Timeless Tony? This is uh, this is going to be a nice technical classic, and this is something we very rarely see, uh, you know, from a women's standpoint on the roster. And then just to point out what the podcast had noted on our show, this is the only women's match on the card so far, and quite mm-hmm. frankly, it's kind of disappointing. But um, with these two, I think given the story they're telling, the history that they have together. Um, Tony's being more, you know, she's more vicious and adding another layer to that character. The campy is fine, but eventually you got to get it into the ring. And Deanna Perrazzo is not necessarily going to be campy with you in order to make this match. She's going to want to break her in half and get her to tap. So, um, you know, I think we're going to see a mean streak of Tony here. Um, I personally think that she retains, and I would rather see Mercedes take the title off of Tony, but that's just me. Yeah, there is a mercedes cloud kind of over this match mm-hmm. uh, overall i think this match is going to be very good um, i don't think diana takes the title off her quite yet i think tony storm will win um, one of the things we have said on on this sh- on our show is uh we do not believe it until we see it on the screen um so i i'm you know the reports are out that Sa- that that mercedes sasha whatever you want to call her uh is is signed with AEW. but again i have yet to see it 
nobody expected Sean Spears the other night to show up on NXT. So it, we, we, you kind of just never know in this day and age. If Mercedes does come, then she should be the one to take the title off of Tony. Uh, Deanna, I think, is in a good spot, though, where she can stay in that main event mix. I think she has shown very well in, in her mm-hmm. AEW run so far and, and made it feel like a big deal. So while I want Deanna to get the win, I, I think Tony Storm will ultimately get this get this W. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I do think we're going to see a ramping up of the women's division. If for no reason other than the presence, this was last week, Jennifer Pepperman, who is a Emmy-winning soap opera writer and was one of the lead writers for the WWE. She left the WWE and joined AEW last week. A good friend of hers in the business is one. Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet. And I think you're going to see a little bit more activity from the women's division, especially now with Thunder Rosa back, with Britt Baker coming back soon, with Jamie Hayter coming back. And I, I do like the angle they're taking with the TBS title, which has been kind of just kind of there since Jake Cargill left. Julia Hart coming off an injury. She hasn't been defending it but she's been walking down with sky blue. And then we're seeing the always entertaining Stokely Stokely Hathaway back there and trying to help Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander in his own way. Although uh, Chris Statlander didn't uh, take Stokely's advice and use the chain to get a win. So uh, Stokely was uh, left holding the chain literally. I, what I really enjoyed about that camera cut was it literally was Chris Willows on one side, Stoke was on another. It was a literal angel and devil on the shoulder. And, and I yeah. mean, that is, I, I like that we're in a day and age again where, especially now that we're kind of in the post Kevin Dunn era where camera cuts were done just to do camera cuts. Thing, you know, these shots mean things now. And that juxtaposition was, was just bloody brilliant. So, um, I, the, Chris Statlander and Stokely Hathaway working a program together was not something that I expected or wanted, but I, <laughs> I, I, I can't look away. I'm, I'm entertained. Yeah, I'm not mad at it at all. I wouldn't be mad at a Statlander heel turn. Uh, she's one of the bigger competitors as far as height-wise in that division. Sure. I think she could be kind of turned into this monster heel that could dominate that division. Uh, I was a big fan of her TBS title run. I thought she did great. I thought she... She's one of the more, more underrated women in that company. And sure. hopefully, you know, fingers crossed she stays injury free. I know she's battled with some of those, but I, I I would love to see a Statlander heel run. Well, the good thing is once you tear both ACLs, you're pretty much done usually with knee injuries. <laughs> I would know. That's... I've torn both of mine. So Yeah. That's what <laughs> uh that's what my surgeon who put my legs back together at Cleveland Clinic told me. Oh, you're good now. <laughs> oh, okay, great. But perfect. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we got that going for us. Uh, if you guys had to pick a manager, would you choose Stokely Hathaway or Prince Nana to represent you? Man. Uh, I would say Nana because at least I get a fun dance. I would have to go Stokely. I, I, it's not just what Nana does with the dance. However, Stokely Hathaway has some of the best social media game out there. And, and I mean, he's. He, he was. It's, it's a shame that we didn't see, get to see what he could really do in NXT because I, I mean that that pairing with Diamond Mine was just 
odd and didn't really work. But I think if they had mm-hmm. found the right person for him, we would see this same character coming out. But that that would be the guy that I would that I would have cornered me. And one of the other managers who's going to have his presence felt on Revolution. I just excluded him because I didn't figure anybody would choose him. Don Callis, uh, easily one of the most disliked men in professional wrestling right now, setting up the face turn for Will Ospreay. Ospreay <laughs> taking on the Alpha, Kanosuke Takeshka, which could be one of the best matches on the card. Uh, Will Ospreay is tremendous, and it's good to see him in the U.S. on a full-time basis. Yeah. I think that could be the breakout match of the card, actually. Yeah, I said on our show earlier, this is easily my pick for match of the night. Takeshna has stepped up big time in his matches with, with the Kenny Omega, the Chris Jericho. Will Ospreay is going to take it to a whole nother level. Will Ospreay can make anybody look fantastic, but I think Takeshna can keep up. Uh, yeah, I think you said it best. This, this, the face turn is coming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Callis is going to get involved one way or another, whether it's helping Will Ospreay, whether it's probably costing Will Ospreay is what I think. Yeah. Um, and then we get that, you know, a tic- it's an interesting one because I don't, I don't know who who gets the win. Is it Takeshna, the one that they've been building so much into, or do you debut Will Ospreay with a win and then have the Callis family beat him up afterwards? So. It, it's a it's one of those matches where I don't know who's going to win, and that's uh, that makes it fun. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it could go either way. Yeah, and- no, I, I I have nothing else to add to that. That's I mean he 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 also predicted the uh, the face turn, so you guys are some patty going there. So I'm yeah yeah. Well, and to be fair, it's actually I think it's like Will Osprey's fifth or sixth match in AEW because yes. he yeah. had the match at All In where. Don Callis helped him get the win back in Wembley. Mm-hmm. I've seen him wrestle for AEW in person on three different occasions. Oh, wow. So he's been part of it. This mm-hmm. is just his full-time debut. And yeah. I think you'll see a a little bit deeper character of Will Ospreay as opposed to just kind of being part of the United Empire and darting wow. in and darting out which is great because he is easily one of the best wrestlers going today. And in contrast with the WWE locker room, he's a younger wrestler. I think he's just in his early 30s, so he has plenty of time to go. And so does Takeshka. Takeshka is a a younger wrestler as well with uh, incredible athleticism. Going, Going to one of the other titles... Are either of you guys excited about Orange Cassidy taking on Roderick Strong? I'll let, I'll let Eric go. Yeah, this I, I am much more excited for this match than than the podcast that is. Uh, he he is pretty much done with all things related to Undisputed Kingdom at the very least until MJF comes back from injury. Um, for me, the I, I'm excited for this match because if this is another universe Roderick Strong is not getting a title opportunity like this in WWE I'm not seeing him go for an intercontinental title or U.S. title and believing that he's got a a realistic shot at winning he has a shot at winning here this weekend I mean you know with Orange Cassidy this most recent international title run this was kind of a playing with house money kind of scenario because Moxley had the concussion and I think that he was supposed to go on a run with this belt so 
we don't really know what Orange Cassidy was supposed to be doing right now. But I think given the the intentions stated by Adam Cole for this group, once the devil reveal was done, Roderick Strong, you know, being the first one to to take a singles title and bring it to the group. I mean, that's only going to build more momentum. And then once Adam Cole comes back, then they can pick up where they left off. And, and hopefully MJF is back sooner than later. So this story gets back to the the uh the, the gear that it was supposed to be turning at but i think you know i think this is going to be a sneaky good match as well um but yeah i'm gonna go roderick strong with this one yeah I, I agree with you because if roderick strong is in the wwe still he's in nxt and he's wrestling the kind of matches in nxt that johnny gargano is wrestling in wwe and yeah, it's yeah. just a just a non-factor hey wow this guy's pretty good ah oh, man he lost and that's yep. that's the fate and it's unfortunate for the Undisputed Kingdom, that you do have injuries to the key players in the, the mm-hmm. feud, right? MJF has yeah. the Dorn Labrum. I do believe he resigned. And yeah. Adam Cole had a compound fracture of his foot in a freak, you know, freak accident. What a what a horrible break. I mean, heck, you say, I got a got the Adam Cole action figure right behind me there next to the AEW Championship belts. And, yeah. man, the guy comes back from the concussion and then... Uh, yeah. Jumping off a ramp breaks his foot in yeah. a couple of places. Just just literally a bad break because you had the two biggest talkers in the company. You know, basically, what are you going to do? I mean, how much can you talk when it's obvious that you can't get in and compete? And they tried, yeah. man. They 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 tried yeah, for a couple of months, but they did. at some point, you got to get in the ring. Yeah. yeah. No, no I, I, and Eric said it best. Like, this is going to be a good match. Uh, the story is just not there for me. Uh, this this title run that Orange Cassidy had is not as good as his first one, and and again Eric made the point of this is probably not what Orange Cassidy was supposed to be doing, um, but injuries have happened and now he is back with that title, but that, that they they're trying to rerun that same story of he fights anybody anytime and now the injuries are piling up like we've already seen that story mm-hmm. so give it to Roddy let him run with it give this group anything at this point and uh again story's not there but the match will be good and you know we may see wardlow win what has now become a uh, i guess an eight-man face of the revolution Mm -hmm. match for lack of a better name Uh, i think wardlow wins that and he gets his future w his future aew title shot out of it uh i don't see any of the guys from cmll or chris jericho winning that and Honestly, nobody else in there I think has much of a shot. Should be Wardlow. Yeah, unfortunately, it will be Wardlow. Oh, it's just fine, dude. Mr. Mayhem, uh, Cleveland. I'm I'm kind of out on Wardlow. I'm kind (laughs) of out. I've it's it's I made the comparison earlier, and he is a much better athlete. He is a much better talker, but he kind of reminds me of Ryback when WWE had the chance to pull the trigger on Ryback, they didn't. He was hotter than anything, and they didn't pull the trigger, and then they didn't know what to do, and he kind of just faded out. That's kind of seems like what's happened with Wardlow. After the MJF match, they had it. They had everything right there, and it's just faded out, and it's been nothing since. You're going to have to make me care about Wardlow again, and right now, the storyline of I'm going to win the AEW title and then give it to an injured Adam Cole does not really, you know, Get, get me all jazzed up. Well, and they seem to have actually slid away from that story themselves, too. And Wardlow's uh, 
last promo there there was no mention yeah. of that it's uh yeah. it's me i'm going for it talk about it's another nice. title that's uh just kind of sit in there uh, although christian cage is great the promos are terrific christian cage danny garcia does the dragon slayer win the tnt title or is the patriarchy still reigning I think it's patriarchy still. Uh, it's 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 a tough call here because you know the the larger feud is Cage versus Copeland. Do you need the title for that feud? Not really. No. But it seems to be. I mean, especially given the fact of what we saw at World's End, where Copeland wins it and then loses it very very quickly, and almost a money in the bank cash in type situation. Mm-hmm. This title is going to continue to be a part of it. Um, I'm still holding out hope that these two will have one last ladder match for old time's sake, but you know, well, that, that, that might be wishful thinking on, on my part here, but Christian Cage is doing some of the best work of his career right now. I see no reason to take the title off of him yet. And that's no disrespect to Daniel Garcia whatsoever. Um, his time will come. It's just not going to be on Sunday. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if this was, if you flipped, you know, Daniel Garcia into the international title match, I said a hundred percent Daniel Garcia is going to win. Yeah. This one, I don't, I don't think so. He kind of just feels like the, you know, the the detour to Copeland, um, just to kind of get, you know, keep it, keep Christian fresh in everybody's mind. I could see Copeland getting involved in this match. I know they have a show in Toronto in a couple of weeks, and that will yeah. probably be the big showdown for for Copeland and Christian again. So, I think you keep the title on him for now. Let that story keep telling because Christian's going to get more and more desperate. I think as his family starts to kind of break apart and and maybe we see a kill switch slash luchasaurus turn or something like that and him ultimately getting that title back yeah could see that it was good to see nick wayne in the ring too that was a actually Mm -hmm. a good match uh nick wayne you forget is only 18 maybe just turned 19 years old yeah so we talked about austin theory being young Nick Wayne is legitimately, I know Christian Cage calls him this, he is legitimately the prodigy. I mean, very much so. It's astonishing what he's doing at that age. A guy who's not the prodigy and not the athletic specimen that Nick Wayne is, the Mad King himself, Eddie Kingston, he gets another chance to prove if he's a bum or if he's a champion, he's taking on Brian Danielson for the modern Triple Crown which includes the New Japan Strong title and the Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. I, I think Brian Danielson wins this time. Uh, I, I think we both no. disagree with you. No, I think going, uh, going with the bum. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with the bum. I think, uh, you know, Danielson's on this kind of retirement tour. Um, and, and I think him putting over an Eddie Kingston and, and being forced to shake his hand and, and you know they're they're gonna have a great match, but I think I don't think now is the time to take the, those three titles off of Eddie Kingston. Uh, I, yeah. I think you kind of want to build the prestige of that triple crown, crown for lack of a better term, um, a little bit more. Sure. And I I don't know if Danielson winning that does that because I think he's got other dream matches that he's going to be more focused on rather than defend those titles. I think you give it to Eddie and I think you kind of let him continue to be that working man gimmick. Yeah, Fair for enough. sure. I mean, this is, this is one of those, uh, 
you know, this is one of those feuds that you, there's still a lot of meat left on this bone. And, and we've seen Eddie Kingston in the respect rivalry before. Um, Chris Jericho used this as a heel turn. Um, I don't necessarily see any character changes in either of these guys, you know, as a result of this match. But I, I do think that, uh, you know, this is just going to feed into Danielson continuing to call Kingston a bum, even in a loss. He's just going to come off as a sore loser and relatively uh, fickle to take it back down memory lane. Sure. And people love Eddie Kingston. I mean, he yeah. does get a great response and he is, he is unique. There's not a lot of guys anymore that look like Eddie Kingston in a way. Yeah. Eddie Kingston is probably the wrestler competing today actively that most resembles the American dream. Yeah. yeah. The most it's dusty, dusty roads like wrestler going today, not Cody. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Cody's style, uh, for people that are old enough to have watched a lot of Dusty Rhodes matches, there is virtually nothing in Cody Rhodes' repertoire that comes from Dusty. Uh, maybe the bionic elbow when he does that, but yeah. that's about it. Yeah, and, yeah. You didn't uh, see Dusty doing a lot of uh, Cody gutters. No, and Eddie <laughs> has the uh, Eddie has, and it's slightly unfair to Eddie. Eddie's more uh, athletically built than uh, Dusty was. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's uh, let's head on in here. We're winding through the Revolution card. Uh, we'll see if we are joined oh, yeah. back there. The three-way, it is back on Hangman Page. As we reported here on Wrestling Spotlight, wasn't really hurt. He showed up with the crotch, hobbling around, and then Beat Swerve down with the crotch to continue the three-way match. It would be a tight turn for Samoa Joe to lose the title, but uh, you got to feel that at some point, Swerve will be the AEW champion this year. Maybe not at Revolution, but I think he's going to get it real soon. How do you guys feel about this match? Yeah, you know, I... uh... I posed the question on, on our show earlier today of, you know, does this match main event? And I think we can all agree it does not. No. So I, I think you want to wait to put the put the strap on Swerve until this main event's you get him that big time main event win, you make a new champion. And the point you made as well about Samoa Joe kind of doing I mean, it's been what, two months since he won the title? I don't mm-hmm. think it drops it that quickly. AEW hasn't really done a ton of short title reigns, so I, I, I think he's gonna he, he will win this. I think we'll see some branch off between you know maybe Swerve and Joe at the next pay per view or whatever it may be. But I think if you're going to crown a new AEW World Champion, you want to do it in a main event setting. Um, Tony Khan seems to like having that title change hands in the main event. Um, and make a big deal out of it. So I don't. I don't think you want to take anything away from Sting's night. Uh, so I, I would. I would say Joe retains. Could see that. Yeah, and I, I think at least for me personally, I think Swerve title win comes at Wembley. I, I think that that's the biggest crowd to do it at. Everybody is ready to embrace Swerve. I mean, the fact that he is the babyface in this triple threat match, especially after what we saw Hangman do as far as the the sneak attack. I mean, there wrestling crowds are ready to embrace him. He's ready to make history. I think, you know, it's just a matter of, of when, not if. And I think that that's 
that's probably the best stage that you do it on. But for now, it's you know definitely Joe needs this win under his belt. I think the only de- title defense that he has had is against Hook, and that was one that caused mm-hmm. a lot of controversy online. So um, I, he needs something a little bit more memorable as far as his overall title legacy goes than just that match. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And being a three-way match, there's a way to have a convoluted finish that doesn't hurt Swerve. And that would be great because uh, when we head out to Wembley to cover All In, you could hear the throngs at Wembley Stadium when he says, whose house? Swerve's yeah, house. Swerve's and then see Prince yeah. Nana dancing down to the ring and <laughs> in England and everybody in England swerving when they drive. But I guess I'll swerve the opposite side. <laughs> well, we'll see. Then finally, the EVPs are going to take on it's Sting and Darby Allen. Sting telling Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso, this Sunday I'm going to wrestle a way that'll make people want to save the tape. And you know, honestly, I think that's a good quote to kind of describe his four-year run. Mm-hmm. I've watched the replay that AEW has put out on YouTube of his debut in AEW. Winter is coming almost four years ago now. Wow. And just some of the matches he's had, it, it really has been amazing. Uh, when I consider that I was watching him back in WCW on Saturday night on the Superstation when I was in high school. And he's still going and doing things that are truly astonishing that I, I couldn't imagine having done uh when i was wrestling in college uh it's incredible what he's able to do at almost 65 years of age mm-hmm. yeah i mean and it's it's and you you we've mentioned the age of the locker rooms or at least the average age you know as far as wwe AEW, etc and you know sting the fact that you know like i said he's he's taking bumps and diving off of things that you know we we really have not exactly yeah exactly you know things that that we wouldn't have expected from sting and i don't you know no one has actually you know no one has really said okay this is what we need from sting and and we've certainly gotten more i think than what we thought that we would you know uh, the the darby pairing initially to me was a little odd you know I didn't think I certainly didn't think it would last the entire four year run. That's for sure. Um, but they really are two peas in a pod. And and I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to read the uh, Players Tribune article that Darby penned. But you know, it, it's kind of that don't meet your people say don't meet your heroes. But I met mine, and it's Sting, and he was as yeah. awesome as as I hoped that he would be. So this is this is going to be a very memorable night. And I mean, how often again are we really going to get moments like these where we get to see a Sting's you know, Sting's last match. You know, we, while the Boneyard match was great for Taker, it didn't, you know, it's not the same as if you could see him have his last match at WrestleMania, you know, as far as in front sure. of a live crowd. So this is one of those, you know, very few history making moments that we have left in wrestling right now. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And just the simple fact that he is so respected by everyone in the sport. Uh, heard a great story that I had never heard before from Lex Luger uh, today on Busted Open on Sirius XM. You can pull up their podcast. Lex Luger was talking about when he got into the motorcycle accident, he was in the hospital, in the ER, and they were talking about amputating his right arm because it was so torn up. Sting found out 
called Dr. James Andrews, the Dr. James Andrews, the best surgeon for sports medicine in the world, mm -hmm. and got it arranged that James Andrews would meet Lex Luger in Birmingham, and Sting had him transported to Birmingham, and that's why Lex Luger still has his right arm, which is just an incredible story and had never been publicized and nobody knew about it. And that's something that ties in with the person, too. I mean, it's not just the super heroic actions in the ring. It's not just the character. I mean, it's literally the guy. I mean, he is that that much of an icon in, in the sport to people that, you know, really, he didn't ask for the publicity and probably, I'd imagine, given the kind of person that everyone says he is, probably a little embarrassed by it being made public. Just an amazing story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's one of those careers we, we probably won't ever see. I mean, like, like you said, he was wrestling at WCW, uh, Surfer Sting. Then we got Crow Sting. He was there till the mm -hmm. very end. Was one of those guys that didn't go to the WWE, went to an upstart in TNA, had a great run in TNA, helped legitimize that company, eventually made it over to WWE. It got cut short. But while he was there, I mean, made an impact while he was there. No pun intended oh, yeah. with that. But then came over to another upstart in AEW and just same thing, just helped legitimize AEW. And it's one of those careers where we're going to take a look back and go, holy crap, this is yeah. amazing what this guy has done. And one of the things we, we talked about on our show is, you know, that video package before the match, right? It's going to be crazy. And how much, can, oh, yeah. how much can they play throughout his career? And, and, and a question I posed to Eric was, do you think, you know, Tony Khan has approached WWE about maybe getting some of the stuff from WCW? Um, it's a new regime in WWE. We know Triple H respects the business like crazy. He is one mm -hmm. of those people that will just wrestling comes first. He is a student of the game. He respects everything about it. Could we see him go, okay, let's take a moment and think about the world of wrestling, right? Let's give them some of the WCW footage to let them play. Yes, we can, you know, if Tony Khan's willing to pay for it, charge them some of that. But sure. this is this is Sting we're talking about. Let's give him a great way to go out. Let's give him this awesome video package. Like, is that something that you think we could see? Do you think WWE would extend that olive branch? I definitely could see that happening. And uh, the other thing that came out of the busted open segment today because this was kind of bubbling around online that kevin nash that lex luger wouldn't be allowed to attend because they're on wwe legends contracts um yeah. no they're they're going to be allowed to attend they're just not going to be on camera awesome. so yeah. i i think they are they are at least talking it's not quite the same uh bitter cult yeah. war of wrestling that we saw yeah. with wcw and wwe because i think they now both realize hey neither company's going anywhere and there's plenty of money around for everybody. So Definitely. I think they will play yeah. together a little bit nicer. I don't think we're anywhere close to a WWE AEW supercard, but I think on stuff like this, they can work yeah. together a little bit. 
yeah, yeah and, and sure. we've seen some of that stuff like unfortunately with like the passing of a, of a Brody Lee or a, a Bray Wyatt like we've sure. seen both companies just kind of like hey let's let's put down yeah. you know for lack of a better term let's put down the arms and kind of hey this happened this is real life I could see them going okay Sting has been one of the greatest ever to do this let's yeah. put everything down let's honor Sting for what he has done for the wrestling business and let's pay respect to the guy that's done this. So I, I could yeah. definitely see the kind of ceasefire for lack of a better term. Sure. sure. And, and I think it's a, it's a really good move that Lex Luger, Kevin Nash, and yeah. honestly, whoever sting wants to be there is going to be allowed to go there and yeah. they're not going to hold that up. Well, yeah. talking about icons of wrestling, the four horsemen, yep. As we're winding down the show uh, this week, yep. Ole Anderson, member of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew and one of the original members of the Four Horsemen, uh, passed away this week. It, it makes you remember just how long the career's been with Ric Flair, with Sting, both uh, former members of the Four Horsemen, and so is Lex Luger. Uh, only Anderson, one of the original members and one of the best technical wrestlers of uh, all time. You see his influence still in the work of uh, really of uh, FTR and mm -hmm. some uh, yep. BCC matches. Only Anderson passed away. What, what do you guys think? Uh, you're definitely a, a different generation than I am when you see the four do you yeah. think of uh only anderson still i mean it's it's hard not to um you know he he certainly it sounds like he was a bit of a bristly individual depending on who you mm -hmm. ask um but i mean the the impact on the business can't be you know it can't be understated i mean you know when I mean, you think of those territory days where you're the player coach, you're also a booker, you know, trying to, yep. you know, bring wrestling back into those, those golden days as far as taking the mats off of the ring, you know, out from outside the ring and making a disqualification. If somebody goes over the top rope, like, you know, those things that he tried to bring back to bring that old school into the new, I mean, you know, people have their thoughts on those, but I mean, the contributions, you know, can't, don't go unnoticed. I mean, the reason the Freebird rule exists is because of Ole Anderson, which means that that has impacted the Freebirds as well as the New Day and everybody else sure. in, in wrestling that has used that. I mean, so you know, he's he's you know he's he's goaded. That's that's for sure. And uh, yeah, this is definitely a huge loss. Yeah, I, I agree. They're kind of a complicated legacy, right? Like, so some of the things that he did, not you know, not everybody agreed with, um, but a very important person in the wrestling business. You know, when when. Vince took over everything. Ole was one of those last ones to hold out. And then eventually it was taken away. But then Ted Turner said, okay, you get this slot now. So yeah, yeah. Ole was one of those guys that just kind of dug his feet in, never gave in. Um, even when the four horsemen were inducted into the hall of fame, Ole was not there um, because of his, Hey, you screwed me once and I'm not doing this again kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so a complicated legacy. When I think of the four horsemen, Ole, does not come to mind for me personally. Um, when I think sure. of Four Horsemen, it's it's Flair, it's Wyndham, it's Blan it's Tully Blanchard, it's Arn Anderson, and and JJ Dillon. That's that's what I think of when I think of the Four Horsemen. Um, I know Arn or, or Oli was there. Um, it's actually when I, the, the thing that I think about with Oli Anderson is, and we're going to take it back to Sting here. Is 
the Black Scorpion. <laughs> that's that's the mm-hmm. one that I remember the most from Ole Anderson is him booking that and then going, oh, crap, I don't know what to do next. And we just kind of got the wheels turning. So um, yeah. that, that would be my biggest memory of Ole Anderson is, is that whole Black Scorpion and him doing the voiceover and everything for it. And it's and like you said, it's funny because Sting was involved in that. And that's and yeah. that, it kind of comes full circle. Well, and Ole Anderson did bring Arn Anderson mm-hmm. out of a career as a grocery store butcher and into the world of professional mm-hmm. wrestling. So there's definitely some connections, although not actually related. Um, they're definitely related in everybody's mind uh, moving forward For sure. forever. One other star passed away. Virgil, Michael Jones. Remember him with the Million Dollar Man, an underrated wrestler himself, and he had an impact in multiple companies. Uh, Virgil, Michael Jones, passed away this week as well. So a 10-bell salute out from the wrestling spotlight to uh, Ole Anderson and Michael Jones, Virgil, this week. So now on to the more fun segment of the show. The weekly champion podcast dad, who's your champion of the week? My champion of the week, man. Does this include the early morning elimination chamber? Could be anybody. Perfect. Yeah. Drew McIntyre is, is is my is my spotlight. This uh the run that he's been on, he's finally getting rewarded for it. Um, I'm very excited to see what he does. I do think he wins the the, the championship. At WrestleMania, I'm excited to see this run, this proper run in front of a crowd. He has been the most logical heel that we have seen in a long time. And the fact that I hate him because he's right all the time is great. The fact that he can go into a room and say, hey, I'm praying for you. And that just makes everybody go, ooh. (laughs) I mean, the shirt that he's wearing about Punk, just everything about him right now is fantastic. He gets the big win at Chamber. He's on his road to WrestleMania, and I'm I'm so excited for it. Good one. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm also gonna stick with Elimination Chamber, and I've already put her over earlier in the show. But I gotta say, Tiffany Stratton. Um, I mean, just she did okay. not look out of place in in that match at all. And especially when you know the story goes when it's, when it's your first time in a match like that, where it's like. The, you know, is there an advantage because you don't know what to expect? And that was exactly what we saw here. I mean, she, you know, got the elimination. I believe it was on Naomi to start. Mm-hmm. That was the first elimination. So, you know, they, they very clearly see a plan for her. And I've said this on our show, too. I mean, whatever they had in mind for Charlotte's creative for WrestleMania, there's no reason that you can't, you know, give some of that to Tiffany. Um, sure. Where we'll see her end up as far as Raw or SmackDown remains to be seen. But... I mean, she took to it like a fish to water, and and just the fact that she is only 22, 23, I mean, she is set for the next 10, 15 years, and then, you know, looking at a Jade Cargill coming in, Bianca's going to be yep. at the top of her game still, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, I mean, there's a fresh crop of women's talent, and she's going to be at the forefront. Good one as well. I'm going to go a little different direction. If you've been watching the Wrestling Spotlight, we had a chance to preview the women's wrestling scene for the year with TK Trinidad from women's wrestling talk. And we signaled out and said, Hey, here's a couple to watch. And if you were watching them, they are your new 
NWA Women's Tag Team Champions of the World. Yeah. The King Bees, Charity King, and Danny B. I got to see Danny B when she was wrestling for the UWW, the Ultimate Women of Wrestling. Good to see them getting the NWA belts, and uh, they're going to try to put some pride back to the NWA Women's World Tag Team titles after the run of Pretty Empowered. You can see that on the CW app where the NWA is showing their new programs now. So there you go. Our weekly champions for the wrestling spotlight, the King Bees, Charity King and Danny B, your new NWA Women's Champions. Hey, guys, just as we're wrapping it up, where can people find you and get more of the Wrestling Junkies programming? Uh, so follow us at Junkies Pod. We have just eclipsed a thousand followers that happened just before we actually started recording this tonight. So thank there you, you to everybody that's helped us out with that. Subscribe Thank to you. our YouTube channel. That's the next one. We're trying to get to 1,000 there. Uh, we're at 185, so we got some work ahead of us, but that's never really scared us before. Um, so check out our, uh, again, everything's on Twitter. Check out our merch store. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling Junkies Pod. Um, we've got two great interviews dropping tomorrow, uh, wrestling manager and announcer Steam Nick as well as Corey McRae, who's also a standout in the Irish wrestling scene as well. Um, we should be having a new Stump the Smart drop this weekend. Uh, it was not my finest hour on the show this week, um, but that's okay. It's, it's, it's all right. I think our next topic is nicknames, so I, I think I'll do a lot better this time. Um, and then Ooh, just wait. shout out. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not doing this with you right now. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're doing a little road trip this weekend down to Atlanta, Georgia. Our friend Bryce Cannon is going there to be go. taking on uh, Martin Stone. Used to be Danny Birch uh, in, in uh, WWE. That match is happening tonight. But uh, we'll be front row center for him taking on Matt Cardona. Uh, Steph Lander will be in his corner, so the wrestling junkies are going to go and show some support. So be on the lookout for some awesome. great travel vlog content as well. Well, and uh, to paraphrase Cardi B, don't worry about it because you might get knocked down nine times, but you'll get up ten. So you'll, you'll be okay. And Definitely. if you're in the St. Louis area, March 17th, it's Warhausen. The War Horse is taking on Danhausen. Wrestling Spotlight, a proud sponsor of Glory Pro Wrestling. You can see their show Ascend right here on the channel. And follow us on X as well. Just search Wrestling Spotlight or local underscore wrestling is the handle we're up to a thousand followers we've only been really hitting it hard for about a week so we want to get that going up you can get a great cross section of all the news of pro wrestling right there and of course tune into the channel you can see these guys as well with some of their interviews and some of their great content and we want to welcome to the wrestling spotlight universe Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling, old school studio style wrestling featuring Gil Rogers, your former Central States Wrestling Champion. He's a regular on SICW. Hey guys, until the next time you're on here, thanks a lot for stepping into the spotlight. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you it. For having us.